Welcome to the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 11. I had the opportunity to talk with Chris Burke, who is a worship leader in Canada, that had to turn down a position as a worship pastor because he disagreed with uh, the theology of the pastor there. We talk about the importance of really holding to the Bible and making sure that, that you would be comfortable with your kids learning under the pastor that you're going to serve under. So check this interview out. interview process they had a um, few different guys that they were interviewing is my understanding sure um and they flew my wife and i up um which was i mean it was great and we had a great time with the church it was fantastic right. um people that we stayed with were marvelous uh, wonderful people and it just seemed everyone that we met seemed like fantastic people but it also seemed like um everyone that we met um, we were just constantly hearing about the other church because this church was a split off of another church. There was okay. a, a breakup about six years ago. Right. Um, and we, um, for Jennifer and I, we, we weren't really sure what was going on. They just kind of kept telling us, uh, you know, this, this one story about the, you know, what happened. Um, but it just seemed really odd. And so... At one point uh, in the conversation, um, or actually, uh, it was Sunday night, we were kind of sitting down talking with the hiring committee, and for both of us, um, we just kind of felt really odd about it. Like, for me, I'm I'm not kind of really in the middle on stuff like this. I'm either like I'm either I know that this is it, yeah. and you know God just kind of puts that excitement, and and it's actually for both for both of us like. We're just like, yes, this is definitely what God is calling us to, and we get really excited about it. Or it's like, no, this is not it. Sure. But through this whole process, um, they're doing the phone interviews. We did uh, did Skype interviews. Um, it was never, it was never excitement, but it was never like, no, I'm not feeling it. Um, it was just like, you know, when Jennifer would ask me after an interview, like how to go, I'd just be like, yeah, went all right. Um, and so she'd be like, so, you know, what, how are you feeling about it? And she'd be like, you know, I just really feel like I need to get up there, meet the people, talk with them, see what's going on. Sure. sure. And so, like, through the whole weekend, everything was just, like, constantly talking about the other church that they were breaking off from. And then Sunday night when we were talking with the committee, we both just kept talking about hearing from God. You know, we're just, we're really waiting on hearing from God on this. You know, we... We really enjoyed, when I went up on Sunday, uh, it was to lead worship, um, to, you know, see what it was going to be like to work with the, you know, quote-unquote worship team that they had. Um, it wasn't a worship team. I mean, they, they right now, are leading by using um, YouTube videos, which is the first time I've ever heard of that. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was different. Yeah. Um, and so... Like for them to have live music there, it was the first time they'd ever done that. Sure. And uh, so, you know, for the first time to ever work with, with them as musicians, it went fantastic. But then at the meeting on Sunday night, to talk to them about, you know, just wanting to really pray about this and hear from God, um, the pastor, 
and he was just like, you know, so you, you really just need to make a choice on this. You know, are you, are you excited about it and you want to be here or not? Right. And so we, we were both kind of really taken huh. back by that. It's trying to pressure you into it. Well, yeah, like it was just kind of like, you know, we don't want to, because for them it was, you know, they need to go through this three week, um, you know, they need to tell the congregation for two weeks that they're going to vote and then they need to vote. And then, uh, and he was like, you know, we don't really want to go through that process if you're just going to come back after the three weeks and tell us no, right. which I mean, I, I understand that they, they want to hire someone and, sure. um, and, but also there was just some stuff in, in the sermon uh, that he gave that we were just both like. This is kind of bizarre. Yeah. Um, you know, he was just saying, and I mean, there was, he was using scripture to back it up, but he was kind of screwing it around in ways that didn't make a lot of sense. Like it was stuff, for example, like um, James and John being called the Sons of Thunder. Mm-hmm. He was using that in a way to say, like, you know, it's okay for us to be. Uh, loud and obnoxious and outspoken but huh. meanwhile forgetting the fact that jesus rebuked them for being the sons of thunder right um and so it was just like there was just all these really bizarre things and so all, all through this jennifer and i are like on our phones at night talking to people who we really look up to as as mentors and stuff like that just trying to get advice and and then i finally i at one point i contacted a friend of mine who he actually has family in that town. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, do you know anyone who happens to be a pastor in this town? Because I really just want to talk to a pastor in this town to find out what other churches' perceptions are of this particular church. Because I said, you know, the church seems great. Like, the people are awesome. They have great potential because of where they are in the community. Like, it's they're really close to kind of the inner city and... Um, but I'm just, I'm really kind of taken back by this pastor. And so he asked me what the church was and I told him and his reaction was, holy crap. (laughs) My dad is the, his father-in-law is the pastor that they split off from. And so I was like, okay, I need like, give me the guy's number. I need to talk to him so I can get the other side of this story. Sure. And so, you know, I talked to him for a little bit. And, I mean, he didn't want to, like, completely, you know, screw up my perception of these guys. Um, So he didn't tell me the whole story. But, I mean, basically, they weren't telling me anything of of the the true reason on why there was a split. And there was a lot of ethical issues. And and so, yeah, when, when we got back home, you know, we prayed about it for a while. And they called me after they had a, a committee and elders meeting a couple of days later just to kind of say, you know, where they were at. They, and they wanted me kind of right from the get-go. Um, but where we were kind of, you know, not really knowing when we left, they just called me up and said, listen, where are you guys at? Um, and so I, I just told the, it was the head of the hiring committee. I just said, listen, here's where I am. You know, we love the church. We think you guys should have potential to do some really awesome things because they weren't really doing a whole lot at that point. Um, but here's where I am. There's some serious theological things going on there that I don't agree with, and I need to talk with the pastor to see, like, is this where he's at, or you know, was this like things that slipped out that maybe shouldn't have? Was I misunderstanding him? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what's going on basically and so uh, so he said okay well I'll get him to call you up you guys can you know try and clear things uh, you know 
And so, you know, he and I talked for, you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And it was basically, I wasn't misunderstanding at all. It was, you know, this is exactly how he, what he believes. And he's not planning on changing that. And I mean, I tried to, I even tried to like make him understand what the Bible was saying. Cause like he was, he was preaching vengeance and that it's okay for us to like to practice vengeance. Wow. Like he, he was, uh, I, I mean, he, he's, he's an American and, and you're American yourself. True. Um, <laughs> and right in his, right in his sermon, he, you know, he, he was talking about September 11th and he was like, you know, it's perfectly. And I mean, maybe you're okay with this too. He said, you know, it's perfectly okay for us to go and, and knock on the doors of these people in Al Qaeda and shoot them in the face for what they did to us. Yeah. yeah. And I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh like this is insane yeah, yeah and he's trying like he's pulling up these bible verses from the psalms and i'm like dude god rebuked david for so many of the things that he said in the psalms right, right. and you know and i even use like the story of jonah where like you know jonah sat back saying you know god smite these people for the things that they've done and and god was like no what about you know the the mercy and the grace that i showed you when you were being a an idiot basically right, right. and and he was like no this is what i believe and, and it's not going to change so i was like well you know i i said I, I cannot with you know i i just i can't take this position based on the fact that you know as you know being pastors in the same church we need to basically like i said you know there's there's theological differences i'm i'm fine with you know, on the small issues, sure. you know, being Calvinist or Armenian or, or whatever that may be. You know, the last church that I was at, um, you know, he was he was a Calvinist, and I mean, I'm not even Armenian. I'm kind of in the middle on on it. Right. Um. But like something like that, you know, if if he preaches a sermon, like that one, for example, and then on Monday somebody comes into my office and says, you know, so what are your thoughts on this? Mm -hmm. I can't stand there and say yes i fully believe everything that he says and that's not the way that the pastoral team is supposed to be you're supposed to be able to to back each other up in that right and it was you know the basically for me the reason of, of turning it down was that you know you've got this this there's the 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 battle that you have kind of in when you know when you go into that position you've got that that spiritual battle that you have but then there's also um, I mean, the, the position that they were putting me in as the worship pastor, they wanted me to completely reformat their worship, sure. um, which was going to mean they had five worship teams. They wanted me to pare it down to one, which meant doing a full, full auditions and cutting a lot of people. Right. Uh, so there's that battle, which was going to have a lot of people hurt and uh, potential fights there. But then there was also going to be this, like, you know, everyday fight potentially with him sure and i said like that is not going to be worth it for my sanity right and you know that's just going to cause burnout and stress that is just not right yeah and so i just that that was essentially why i, I turned it down and it sucked because it was a dream job for me like it's the job that i've like i i it was november uh or no sorry september of 2000 and uh, September or yeah, November 2011 that I resigned from my last position, okay. and I've basically been searching since then. Sure, this was my dream job. Yeah, um, and to turn it down, I was like, it sucked to turn it down, but 
I had to based on that sort of premise. So yeah, man. Yeah, so now I'm back <laughs> to square one, still working at a call center, and sure. Yeah. So how, I guess what's the what's the search process been like? I mean, even just before we started talking here, I just I read an email. We got had someone shoot us an email said, "I want to be a worship pastor," and I have no idea what to do. <laughs> he was essentially just asking, like, "What are the steps? Like, what have what have you? What steps have you walked? And like, how's the process been for you?" It's um, a lot of searching on the internet. I mean, there's especially in Canada, there's very few, um, very few places to go on the internet. Um, I, I think there, there's about three sites that are decent, yeah. where churches are actively posting positions. Okay. Um, one of them is really good. The other two are kind of, you know, menial. Um, it seems like, and I mean, I've, I've, I've even searched in, in the States, the States are, are, and the churches in the States are a lot better at posting their positions online. Sure. Um, I think Canada and Canada churches are a lot further behind when it comes to technology. Okay. So they're, they're just not all that active on, uh, even just posting jobs online. Um, so, you know, it's, it's doing a lot of searching online, seeing if churches are, are posting on the few sites that are there. Um, but, and even just from talking with people, it's a lot of it is, is, um, word of mouth. You know, you, there's, there's some guys up here that are, uh, are very well connected and I, and I'm very, I'm very well connected in some of those circles as well. Sure. So you, you kind of, uh, you get notified from some of these guys who, um, just happen to, to know and, and they kind of get sought out too. You know, there's a few guys that. Um, in Canada, there's one guy named Chris Vache. I'm not sure if, if you know who he is. Is that Chris, um, Chris from Canada? On Chris YouTube? from Canada, yeah. 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 Um, you know, people seem to seek him out a lot sure. um, in, just because of his kind of presence online. Um, so if they're if they're getting ready to hire someone in, in, in worship especially, they will kind of, you know, seek his his guidance, you know, what should we do and who should, what kind of person should we be looking for? And so he, uh, just because he and I are good friends, he'll actually contact me and say, hey, you know, this church is looking and, That's you know, cool. you might be a good fit for it. And um, so a lot of it is word of mouth and, and just those few sites online that are looking and it's just, you know, throwing out an email to them and uh, kind of going from there. Right. And I've had a few. I've had a few contact me directly too, just because of my online presence as well. They they know kind of who I am through one way or another, and just sure. you know, hey, we heard that you're searching, and you know, we'd be interested in, in kind of getting to know you a little better and mm. seeing if that's going to work. So cool. What's um What's your background like? Like how? At what point did you decide you wanted to go into worship ministry? And I guess like what instruments you play? What like how, how did you work your way towards that when you felt the call? Yeah, so I, um, I guess from the time that I became a Christian, I knew that that worship was eventually going to be where I pursued. Um, like I, I actually can't became a Christian um, while I was playing on a worship team, um, and but I, I also have always felt a strong calling to youth. So my, you know, my first, actually my first full time job was in, uh, I was working with Youth for Christ. Okay. Did that for about seven years, and actually one of my main ministries within that was uh, was working a lot with music. Um, did a lot of stuff with with hardcore music and stuff like that too, just because that was really uh, really active in the community that I was in. Um, 
and kind of doing a lot of volunteer worship stuff in there with my my church and just a lot of the churches in my community. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've always I've been a musician since I was two years old. I grew up in Newfoundland, which is kind of a it's like the music hub of Canada basically. And so um, as a result of that, kind of music has just always been in my family. And uh, like I, I I play thirteen instruments myself. Um, kind of uh, just uh, just grew up on it. Like I I was classically trained from. Um, started that when I was about nine years old okay um, on the flute uh, but started playing guitar when I was like two um, you know and play kind of a, an onslaught of a lot of like folk mu- music um, instruments and stuff like that you know mandolin and accordion fiddle stuff like that um, but yeah uh, it was I was probably about five years into my gig with Youth for Christ when I really started to feel that it was time to move on and kind of actively pursue full-time into worship, Hmm. Um, but also at the same time realizing that full-time worship in Canada is very limited. Sure. Um, Just because there's, there's just so few churches in Canada, A, that can afford it, and B, that, to be honest, see value in it. Um, you know, there's a lot of churches that will have kind of a dual role where it's, you know, youth and worship. Right. Um, but a lot of the churches here, um, they just don't see it as a full-time position yet. Um, mm. There are some that are, are starting to come around, um, but sadly, a lot of them already have guys who are in that position, and, and they're, they're doing fantastic jobs in it, so they're not, uh, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Right. Um, but it's... Uh, yeah, I was probably about five years in when I just I, I started to really feel that God was saying, you know what, it's uh, it's it's really time to to do what you were first called to do. So, hmm. yeah, and you, you spoke to it at the beginning too. That's um, as we started our conversation. Like I, I was saying, how as I've interacted with a lot of worship leaders, um, I, I know so many of them have compromised their theology or would be willing to compromise it just for the sake of getting that job. So, um, I guess for the guy who uh, may disagree with the theology of, of a church he's, he's looking at going to what what advice would you give him um, I guess really for, I mean from for me it, it's not worth it it's um, I mean we're messing with eternity here <laughs> yeah. and it's um, and it's people's for for me it was um, and and I mean I, I at first I looked at it as I can take the position and go in and look at it as you know here's here's my my opportunity to save all these people who are are getting i guess screwed over by this this guy who is teaching them wrong yeah um which you know very noble and and you know good good idea but at the same time it's um you know, when I was thinking about the added stress in there and stuff to my my family, it's um, it's a, 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 a quick highway to uh, to burnout and and just uh, an onslaught of problems, and also the possibility that uh, you know you you could very quickly and easily have your own theology compromised if you you know and like I was thinking about my my kids being taught under that sure. Um, you know they don't necessarily understand it, and and I didn't I didn't want to have to come home every Sunday, and say, you know, okay, so that message that you were taught this Sunday, just ignore that. Right. Um, you know that that was wrong. 
Um, because that teaches my kids a couple of things. It teaches them maybe the authority of a pastor isn't so so great. Um, and then that just teaches them that this whole idea of authority really isn't so great, and that isn't a good le- lesson to teach them for the rest of their life, really. Yeah. Um, so that that was kind of the, one of the big things for me. It was that you know I didn't want to have to go home every Sunday and tell my kids you know just ignore everything that you lo- you taught you were taught today, wow. uh, and we're going to have to you know basically unlearn everything. Yeah. And it was just that idea of the authority of the pastor. I didn't want to have to to take that away. Yeah, uh, from them. No, I think that's a really, really good. I, I hadn't thought about it like that, but would I want my children to sit under that? I think that would be a tremendous litmus test if you're listening to this and, and maybe you're you're struggling with you know a decision in that that regard. I think even if you're not a worship leader, that that would be something you'd want to think about just in attending a church. Yeah. If you'd like to get in touch with Chris, head over to thechurchcollective.com, click on podcasts, and go to this episode to find his links to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and and his website. He's a really cool guy, and I'm sure he would love to connect with you. Now, we had the opportunity to sit down with Rick Matthews of Matthews Effects, a Christian pedal builder who is making some really awesome pedals and uh, has been a part of the collective for a long time now. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this interview. Here we go. Um, It's a smaller church that uh, has been around for just a couple of years now. And uh, I'm on the worship team there. Um, I'm also on the sound team. Um, I mainly play guitar, but sometimes I'll do, you know, I'll lead vocals and I'll mix. Uh, I've helped upgrade their sound system, just kind of help them upgrade everything that they do since they started doing things. Okay. Cool. So you own, um, you, what, what's your company is Matthews Effects, right? Yes. So tell us yeah. how, how that got started. What are you, what are you doing with it? Sure. So um, the more I started playing guitar, the more I got obsessed with how electronics work, how amps work and everything like that. So I started looking into, you know, what made them tick, started taking things apart, really. Um, From there, I kind of taught myself how to make switches. So I started making tap tempo switches and stutters and mutes. I started selling those and and it was kind of of okay locally. But uh, I started working for Bill John Clone. Dot com, which is a big effect pedal kit company, and uh, learned a lot more there and started making my own drives and have, uh, reverbs and everything like that that I've in development. One of the really important things for me, though, once I started the company was trying to support uh, those people who are on worship teams. So uh, I really am proud of doing a, a worship discount for people who are on worship teams. Okay. So where can uh, people can do the worship discount by going to the web, your website and, and getting in touch yeah. with you there? Yeah, yeah, they just go on the website. Okay. So what um, what's your history uh, with electronics? I guess you said you just started by tearing them open and figuring it out. Like, how did you wrap your head around creating this? I know I've dabbled with pedals, and it makes no sense to me looking at a schematic or just actually looking at the pedal. Like, I have no idea. So, like, where where did that come from? Yeah, I mean, definitely that was the boat I was in when I first started trying to teach myself stuff. It was like, this is way too complex for me to figure out on my own. So that's why originally I was just doing switches that were like really simple. Yeah. Um, but when I started working at Build Your Own Clone, Keith, uh, you know, he's the founder and owner of that company. He started mentoring me and, you know, taking me step by step on how to, you know, this resistor does this in this circuit design, you know, this op amp does this. And so really I actually, I mean, it was kind of like going to school on just how to make effect pedals. Sure. 
cool. So um, for those listening here, like um, I know a lot of them don't use a whole lot of pedals. They'll kind of get their electric guitar. But like, what what would you recommend for someone who's just wanting to start get getting into like collecting pedals and then like getting a pedal board together? Where where would you think someone should start? I think uh, you know I've always I've always said that the most important thing is a tuner. <laughs> Because you can have the best sounding effects, pedals, and guitars, and everything, but if you had a tune, you know, you gotta sound terrible. True. Besides that, you know, really, with how modern worship is, your most important tools. I'd kind of go with the delay, you know, because you can kind of get away with overdriving your amp a little bit and getting, you know, different tones. But delay is something like you can't do. You can't really mimic with just your amp. Okay. But yeah, I mean, a delay and a good drive is all it really takes. Sure. All right. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, um, where, where, what are your, what's the best channel for, for people? Email, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. <laughs> really, all of them. You know, I, I have it all set up on my phone, and I'm pretty addicted to it. So, I mean, if you Instagram me, you know, it's Instagram Matthews FX, um, or Facebook, or through uh, my email, which is info at MatthewsFX.com. I usually respond pretty quickly. Okay. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your Indiegogo campaign that you got going on right now. Yeah, so I have an Indiegogo campaign that I'm doing to raise a little bit of funds to be able to spruce up my products a little bit more. Okay. Uh, you know, I want to upgrade to screen printing and uh, printed circuit boards, which makes uh, building the pedals a lot faster. Um, right now, I'm kind of doing things made to order, so it takes a little bit of a delay to actually get things shipped out. So sure. just kind of taking the company to the next level. Okay. And again, we'll we'll link all of your your site and your social network and everything will be on the show notes over at the Church Collective. Um, so if you're listening to this, be sure to go check it out. And um, yeah, one of the things we're we're big on is connecting with uh, Christian builders because there's a lot of a lot of you guys out there and, and a lot of worship leaders who uh, could benefit from connecting with people who are doing it for God and, and creating these things uh, to help glorify God. So it's just a really cool thing you're doing. And I, I know. For me, it's just been cool connecting with you for for the past few months with the Church Collective and, and all that. And we did a pedal giveaway with Tone Heaven uh, a couple months yeah. ago, which was awesome that you sponsored that, and that was just really cool. And hope all the best. And if people want to get in touch with you, yeah, we'll they head to the site and we'll shout awesome. you out on Instagram and all that. So yeah, yeah, I super appreciate that. It's cool. been awesome getting to work with you guys and getting to know you guys. And that's one of the funnest things I think I've had is just getting to talk to people. Sure. Cool. Well, good talking, man. Yeah. If you'd like to get in touch with Matthew's Effects, head to thechurchcollective.com, click on podcasts, and go to this episode, and you'll find all the links to all of his social networks and his website. He makes some really good stuff. We gave away one of his pedals with Tone Heaven um, a few weeks ago, and, and it's really, really a great pedal. Uh, if you could do us a favor, head to uh, iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. Give us a rating. It really helps us become more visible over there. It's been awesome to connect with more and more worship leaders every week, and there are some tremendous things coming that we'll be announcing over the next week, and uh, we can't wait to get connected with you. If you would love to join the collective, go to thechurchcollective.com and click Join the Collective. It's that simple. We just want to connect with you. We want to uh, help you in your walk to become a worship leader, or if you're a worship leader that has a passion for missions, we'd love to connect you with the mission field, or if you you just feel like sharing some of your expertise with the worship community as a whole, we would love to talk with you. So please head on over to thechurchcollective.com. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next week.